Hi everyone, hope you had a great weekend doing all the things you'd like to do. I'm very excited because my guest this week is an old, old friend I've known. Oh, I can't tell you how many years I've known. I love him to bits. He makes me laugh so much. He's one of the sweetest men around. He's an artist, a photographer, a musician. You might remember him from The Scaffold. And his name is Mike McCartney. Mike, how are you? Twiggy Wiggy. How <laughs> lovely to see you. But we can't see you because this is radio. That's right. Well, I can this see you a, and you can see me. This is a podcast. But they can't see us. Which so reminds me what? of, you know, that idea of insanity, of seeing each other. But we're on radio. Now, tell me if this is right. I used to be in a group called Scaffold, right? I know. Which was originally called the Liverpool One Fat Lady Non-Electric Show, which, which no <laughs> one could pronounce. That. It's true. <laughs> which nobody could pronounce. So we had to change. We looked at Miles Davis's Lift to the Scaffold. It was Jean Morrow on the cover. And it, it tumbled out of Rosé's Thesaurus as Scaffold. So that's what we became. And uh, there is a rumour that when we did, we did thank you very much for the Aintree Iron. Uh, if you want to ask me stories about Arrow Wilson and the Queen Mum later, and okay. thank you very much, I'll tell you some daft Good. stories about them. <laughs> and then in the middle was, uh, do, 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 do you remember? Which Steve Wright had on his radio every mm -hmm. day, and then before Lily the Pink. But there I was a rumour that reached us, because in the uh, in the middle, as you know, of this do 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 you remember? For on radio, mm -hmm. suddenly it goes into John Gorman, John Scaffold, Tis was Gorman, mm -hmm. doing a dance, a shuffle, right? Mm -hmm. And I we heard that that was one of your favourite records. The idea of listening on the radio, and <laughs> everyone trying to work out what's this bit go. <laughs> which was a bloke dancing, dancing on a record. <laughs> I know, it's brilliant, absolutely So we heard that you like that. I did. I, I love, I love, I love Lily the Pink as well. It was brilliant. But well, your main, you I mean, I'm, we're going to talk about all that, but I have to tell you, I mean, everyone, I want them to know that you've got a new book coming out in September, isn't it? I, I think well, it's be oh my god because of this something called a pandemic and lockdown mm, or lockup as I call it. Uh, <laughs> it it's called uh, trying to get this thing out. Everything you'll read in my forward to the book. Mm -hmm. But uh, oh, there's Sarah come to get Will. <laughs> and uh, sorry, folks, what we didn't tell you about here was trying to get talking to you. I've had to enlist the help of my family and uh, Rowena, my wife's called Ro, her sister Sarah's son, Will, has just come around, set all this up for us. And Sarah's just come to collect Will. So all of you say, bye-bye, Will. Bye-bye, Will. Bye-bye, Will. Bye. <laughs> we all need somebody to help us set up the internet, don't we? I do, so definitely. I'm getting better, though. Doing this okay. podcast, I've learned yeah, yeah. a lot. Yes, I'm getting okay. quite friendly with my computer, which okay. I wasn't. Can you, can you teach me then? I, I can. Well, a little sure. bit. <laughs> anyway, the book's called Early Mike McCartney's Early Liverpool, uh, right? Early Liverpool. It's eventually, I think now, what was it? November the 8th is stuck in my head. 
Oh, it okay. Was, oh, yeah, it was, was going to be much earlier. And well, we, they sent me through a virtual copy, which I've been, I've told you, I told you just before, me, me and Lee, my hubby, we've been going through it virtually on online. And it did say coming out in September, but that's obviously been put back. That's the trouble with these pandemics. It uh, You can't know. trust them. <laughs> Have you got your cup of tea, dear? Of course I've got my cup of tea. Are with, you tea drinking? Oh, that's a nice mug. He's with, got a very this grandma's. This is Grandma Aww. Audrey's mug. It's a lovely blue mug with... Uh, it's a bit... What, what style would you say that? It's gorgeous. It's like... It's, it's almost like... um. A period drawing of a lake, yeah, all in yeah. blue enamel. It's lovely. It almost looks like a kind of Wedgwood. Yeah, we just been to White White Park or something. National yes. Trust. She was right into National Trust, oh. which bought our house. Can you believe? So, cheers, twigs. Cheers, cheers. What what kind of tea are you drinking? <laughs> it's called uh, Wirral tea. Mer- Merseyside tea. Yeah, Merseyside tea. That's hysterical. But I have to tell you, we were looking, you know, through your virtual book, and there's a picture in there. I mean, I've seen. I have to tell everyone that I've known you for many, many years Long as your time. lovely brother and a lot of your family. I'm happy to say, and I met your gorgeous dad many, many, many years ago. He was gorgeous. So no, oh, no, I loved knew, your dad. Nobody knew me, Mum. That was I, know. I, di- I didn't. I, I, I know. How old up. were you when she passed on? I was twelve. Oh. And I've gone. No, oh, no. But that, like our kid and I, both of us. Uh, sorry for a- any of you uh, listening from abroad. If I say our kid again, that that is Liverpool uh, colloquialism slang for my brother or sister. So if I say our kid again. That's our kid, my brother. Uh, and uh, so it affected both of us. Uh, it affects you for all of your life. Have you of seen course. that telly program where they, they go back and they find people that are adopted, mm-hmm. that one, with what's her name, the lady. and Davina McCall. Davina McCall. I, I can't watch it without dissolving into sobs. Every I, I mean, time. It touches me every time. Every time it gets me. Same as me. It's yeah. the same thing. As soon as I start talking about my mum, uh, I'm 12 years of age and I'm 77 now. The idea I'm still uh, emotionally mm, of uh, course. choked up, you never. That's why this mental thing in the lockup has been, at first you dismiss it, oh, no, get yourself together, stupid people. But then you realise how... It, you know, when it's suppressed, when you suppress mentally and you don't realize and it's gathering up, it's gathering momentum. Uh, and that's why people are going mad because mm. of that pent up thing. That, that And that's why they go, you know, oh, God, I'm free now. But they believe the government. Oh, my God. We'll go into that. Uh, but it's that <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's that thing of like, oh, that, oh thanks, God. Uh, but it's still dangerous. Gotta of tell you, it folks. Is. I know. Have you had your jabs? Two. Had two. Good. So have I. When it all broke out, because it's quite interesting to know how people have coped with the pandemic. Some people have kind of, especially writers and musicians of that I've talked to, have kind of said, "Well, I kind of work." You know, writers. It's a very lonely job anyway. They're in a room writing. So lots of writers I've spoken to said it didn't really 
overly affect them except missing their families. That's what I found hard, yeah, not oh, seeing that, that Carly and my grandkids. Oh, Don't you remember that at the beginning? Oh, well, we couldn't even, never mind, touch them. I know. You know, the worst thing, first of all, you can't see them. You're locked in your house, away from, I've got six kids, three girls, three boys. I know you have. And so, and five How many grand, grandchildren? Five grandsons. Okay. Oh, sons, wow. Roe Ro is dying to have a little girl so she can make it a dressel, <laughs> you know, dress it up. But uh, it's we've had all the lads, etc. And so, uh, no, no, it, it, it's it, it's been a biggie, this. It has. But hopefully we're coming through it. I, I do I do feel, I mean, I we still, go, we still don't go to big gatherings or inside with lots of people because I, I still feel a bit nervous. We actually went to our first restaurant last week. Yes, no, no. Uh, but too. we sat in the garden. Yeah, good. And I, 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 I felt okay, actually. Um, no, well, that's the terrifying anomaly, isn't it? The fact that uh, here we are locked up and we can't do anything. Unless we do something, then we're all going to die of boredom. I know. Well, I think the the mental health issue is is as big as the the physical. It seems to be, but anyway, I didn't realise how important it was. But it's that terrible catch twenty two. You can't. Do you do you remember now? I'm, I can actually hug my children. I know. But that thing of seeing them when you see them for the first time, they're allowed into your home or at a distance, etc. And the horrible thing of not being able to cuddle them. I know. Ooh. Ooh. But we won't go into that. No, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> this is a happy show. This is a happy show. But yes, you know, it's interesting you. to see how people have coped because well, photography isn't really a a singular lonely job because you have to be out there photographing you things. Go out but, there. but was this what came out of this? The book? Yeah. Well, it first started out this lovely man. Uh, called Brian Roylands. He was the boss of a thing called Genesis Books. Mm-hmm, I know. Genesis, Genesis Books, to the, for anyone that doesn't, has never heard of, I always thought it was Genesis the group. I thought it was their thing. <laughs> but there's nothing to do with Genesis Publishing, a separate from them. And this lovely man, Brian Roylands, uh, asked, to tell you the truth, he asked me a million years ago, Michael, all he wanted was, can I have your definitive, all your Beatle ones? Yeah. And I said, uh, I'm doing scaffold things, I'm doing theatres, I'm doing thingies. One day, Bri, yeah, because I knew the power of the Beatles. and that, I've had that all my life. And so, yeah, I'll get round to it one day, Bri. And it never happened. Uh, and slowly over the years, you're getting more, uh, you know, it's getting less important, the, the enormity of the Beatles is getting less, it's still as enormous, but it doesn't personally affect you because it can swallow you. The big thing. I was going to, I was, that was one of my questions to you because I know you and Paul are really close and I've known you both, well. Far too close. (laughs) Oh. Good (laughs) Lord. He's older than you, right? You're the baby. Can't you see? (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, it's only one and a half years. Thank I God. say you're very close in age. Thank That's God so he's funny. going to white hair at long last. 
Yeah, he's he looks joined, great. He's joining the club. <laughs> I think silver hair is very distinguished. Yeah, very extinguished. Yeah, as my dad would very say. Very extinguished. <laughs> but there's a picture in the book that really made me laugh when we were looking through it. And it's you and Paul had obviously gone to Butlin's holiday camp. Oh, yeah, I think it did. was in late 50s. And there's a great, it's a fabulous photograph. It's And you must have been quite young because... He's sitting on the top diving Ooh, yeah. board. Yeah, yeah. And when I read the piece that goes with it, you said it was very brave because there was no water in the pool. In the pool, there wasn't. <laughs> I think it was for belly. If he'd have fallen, there wouldn't have been any beach. There would have been no. Well, I would have lost a brother at an early age. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really made me laugh. Yeah. But it also said that I think it was your cousin was a, a red coat at Butlins. I don't, was it Bet? That's why you went there? My uh, first cousin, Bet Robbins, yeah. uh, who was Bet Dana, and she married Mike Robbins. And Mike was the showbiz one, the real showbiz, but Lynn's Redcoat. And so whatever was happening, you got introduced to all the these wonderful people because he works with, there's him, in one of the books of photographs, him and Des O'Connor walking along, etc. All the... What is now got his autograph in uh, Les Dawson. Got Les wow. Dawson's autograph in 1953. Wow. Because <laughs> loads, loads of young performers started at Butlins, yes, didn't they? Yes, that's right. Yeah. D uh, didn't I read there in somewhere that you and you, because you were great fans of the Everly Brothers. We lost oh, poor D Don God. died yesterday. No, but just Did you hear that, that, that Don's passed I, on? I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to hear really... a little story? I do. About the Ebbs? <laughs> because we, okay, I'll tell you the full story. A lot, a lot of this book, Mike McCartney's Early Liverpool, it's called, out on Genesis Books, available from your local <laughs> retailers at any second. <laughs> Don't forget you got to your buy it. <laughs> I haven't started yet. And so we, our kid and I, used to, now for all those used to our kid, our kid and I used to, in Fourth Thin Road, a lot of this book appertains to a house that we moved in when I was uh, 11 till I moved out when I was 21 at midnight because something called Beatlemania had happened in between and we had to go out <laughs> at midnight to stop the fans getting the house. So this now is Thorstein Road where we were little boys, 12, our kid was a year and a half older. And we used to love the Everly Brothers. Mm. Yeah. And we loved harmonies. The McCartney family, the big part of our uh, upbringing was like New Year's Eve. Any party, it doesn't matter. Dad, they stuck me dad on the piano, yeah. got him uh, he would ask for half pints, not pints. You'll see that in the book. Half yeah. pints on the piano. And dad, then they'd come to him, right, play that, Jim, play that, Jim, play that, et cetera, et cetera. So he... And did he play by ear or did he need music? Yeah, yeah. Totally. My dad was the same. My dad, yeah. about the same era. My dad was born in like 1910 and I think your dad was around that time. 1902. Yeah, Daddy. a bit earlier. But my dad was self-taught piano. Yeah. But well, he, he used to go, Dad used to be in a band called Jim Max Band, uh, and oh. he'd go around uh, with a piano. But when they didn't oh. have what a piano, it was a bit hard to strap one to your back. 
So he, he could play a, a trumpet or a cornet as well. Amazing. So uh, that's so where you guys get your musicality. That, well, it were, uh, only because of mummy uh, going up for he to heaven on the, what's it called, October the 31st Halloween, uh, would any of this be possible? Dad would have li secretly would have liked us, but mum would have never. <laughs> no way. Would have really? Been. No way. She wanted us. She would have had us in the professions. You would oh. have been talking to Dr. McCartney or okay. fa Father McCartney now. You'd have oh. had none of this bloody show business rubbish. Oh, no. Oh, but dad, dad erred on that side, you know. So we used to love the Everly Brothers. We still do. They're up in heaven now uh, singing those beautiful harmonies. So uh, in our family parties, we'd have dad on the piano and then we'd all sit around doing uh, sing-alongs. That's all. Carolina moon, you know, pity ho, pity ho, pity ho, pity ho, etc. But the most important thing, and Uncle Joe was particularly good at harmonies, right? And so when the Everly's came along, harmonies was in our souls. And so mm. our kid and I used to be the Everly brothers, right? In our little front parlor of Fulton Road, which I say, which a lot of the book is about. And so years later, so that was both the Everly brothers. Uh, and then we go on to Filey, Yorkshire, right? I have been to a scout camp with my brother and long story short, I broke my arm. I was learning drums in Fourteen Road. I broke my arm and Ringo got the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not, sorry, Pete Best got the job, tell you the truth. And then Richie. How but that's a long uh, story. So first of all, before all that happened, I'd broken my arm. And so I'm not playing any drums or any, or the banjo. Dad bought my brother a guitar and me a banjo. So you're not playing anything when you, not only did I break my humorous, which wasn't very. Mm, I bet. <laughs> it hurts breaking your humorous. And so when it came down, I was like this with, with a, a thingy on my arm outstretched for about a month oh, in Sheffield God. Royal Hospital on my own because Aww. nobody who didn't in those days you get on you get in your car and come over and visit your son all the family members. there's no nobody had anything so I think my Uncle Harry once came in his van etc and dad every now and then would come by train but anyway, at the end, when I came, they took my arm down from this uh, thingy, outstretched thing, strapped in the, they brought it down. Right, there you are. Thank God. Uh, I'm now going to be able to, normal, two hands back. That's what happened. So all of you looking at the telly, because you can't see it, there is <laughs> a dead hand on my left arm. The, the left hand flopped down like a dead fish, right? It was paralyzed. So oh. the, the, the nerves had gone. And so I'm not going anywhere. I'm not playing banjo. I'm not playing drums. I'm not playing nothing. So as a recompense, my dad said, we're going to go to Mike and Bet's uh, Butlin's Redcoat place in Filey, Yorkshire, which is Sheffield. See, not far from Sheffield. Mm -hmm. Go to the coast and, and, and uh, have, a, have a little holiday. So we get there. Me, 
in my uh, strapped, I think this is a picture in the book, uh, of a white sling, right? Yeah. Which I look as white as the sling. It, it was so, it been there, out of everywhere. So there is Adonai. And so there was in Butlins, there was this competition uh, called the People National Talent Contest. And you can win something like 5,000, something extraordinary. Wow, that was a lot of money. Oh, lot, what lot, was that worth? A lot, 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 a lot of money. And so anyway, <laughs> to win anything and to get on the stage, etc., to be show business, our kid, oh, he went, he brought his guitar to Butlins. And so he said, why don't we get up and do the Everly Brothers? I said, Paul, look at me. I've just come out of Hazy. I'm as white as the sling here. I am not getting up on the stage. Do you understand? Oh, go on. You can, wear, you can win money in National People's National Talent Contest. We can be famous. Yeah, you can, but I'm not. Do you understand? <laughs> and, and so he turned to me and I said, Dad, Dad. So Dad said, oh, hold on, money. <laughs> Try it, son. You never know. No boys no so okay well will you come to the ballroom gaiety ballroom with me i said uh, yeah of course to support you so dad and i went paul with his guitar and so that was it our kids first uh, sojourn into popdom wow and so it came to going up and our kids gonna sing little richard uh, which he did very well even little richard says that paul mccartney does a good little richard <laughs> coming from the master who is oh, one of my heroes little uh. Richard and so our kid's going to go up on the stage and so there and ladies and gentlemen Mike Robbins announced ladies and gentlemen a young man from Liverpool big round of applause for Paul McCartney so us include the whole audience and dad and I clapping etc our kid goes up on the stage whispers something into Mike Robbins' ear and so the next thing oh ladies and gentlemen Paul has just told me it's a big treat we've got in store for you here. His young brother, Mike, has just come out of Sheffield Royal Hospital. He's accompanying him and he's going to come up here and sing as the Everly Brothers. <laughs> oh, boy. And so the audience turned out, big round of applause. I am petrified. I go up, I had to, they're all looking at me, so I had to go up on stage. And I actually sang, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite bye-bye, love it. Bye-bye, love And so, that and then, oh yeah, that was Freudian, how the hell I ever got on stage after that, I'll never know. And then our kid followed them up, followed that up with a great little Richard, etc. But we didn't win. You didn't win. Who beat you? Do you know? It's probably the Everly Bros. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. okay. Do you want to hear the end, Everly Brothers? Yeah, story? I do. Okay. You promised you'd tell me. Because they're so, aren't they lovely? Listening to their heart. Oh. Absolute heaven. So now we're in the Apollo, and our kid used to do these Buddy Holly weeks. Remember them? Of course, yes. Very well. Brilliant. So, for all the you know, people that don't know, uh, my brother had these things called Buddy Holly Week, celebrated the memory of the other great 60s mm-hmm. here or 50s, or here, 50s uh, Buddy yeah, Holly. 50s. And so every week he'd have, every year he would celebrate it. And this one he had at the Apollo. And, and so we're done, the show's all done. And we're up in the bar at the end. And at the end of the bar, I said, Paul, I said, there's one of the Ebony brothers at the end. 
And so he, our kid said, uh, yeah, that, that's Don. He's inv- I invited him. I said, fly with the Everly Brothers. That's great. I said, you know when we did the Everly Brothers in fourth then? He said, yeah, of course. I, I, which one were you? Were you Don or Phil? He said, I don't know. I said, well, let's ask him. So our kid beckoned Don to come up. So he comes up. Hi, hi, uh, hi. Now then, Don. Uh, that song, you know, bye bye love, da, 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 da. that's what our kids sang. Who sang that in the Everly Brothers? And Don said, Oh, that's why I sang that bit. So I said, Okay, Paul, you're Don and I'm Phil. And that's that's <laughs> oh, how, how sweet. We... Was he lovely? Was he lovely, oh, Don lo- Everly? Lovely. And I, I met, never met Phil. I met Phil as well. We actually ended up in the Cromwellian. Remember the Cromwellian? I've heard it, of it. It's I in Cromwell Road, the... down from the V&A, one uh-huh. of our favourite museums. Down from there is a club underground called the Cromwell. Uh, I don't think the I've Cromwellian. And uh, we were going to see Ike and Tina Turner. Ike and mm-hmm. Tina. Ike and Tina oh, Turner. blimey, that, yeah. That long ago. Yeah. And we ended up with uh, Everly Brothers and me, and uh, maybe Scaffold, at the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't come on. And so oh. we're waiting and we're getting our scotch and cokes down. And so an hour or so later, when it had really jam-packed, me, Scaffold, and the Everly Brothers ended up on the table, because it was so chocker, to see Ike and Tina Turner performing at the Cromwellian. So were they amazing? They were. Ike and Tina. Yeah, Ike and Tina. Oh, I you Tina Turner were. live. Oh. All these people, when you see them live, mm. is I know. I, don't you often think? I mean, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I've never met her and I did them. But no, I when I think her. of how lucky I've been because of what happened to me, the people I've met, that you know, I met my hero, which is Fred Astaire. Oh, oh. oh. and Ginger Rogers. I oh. did meet Ginger when I was doing. I did a big show on Broadway, a big musical in the eighties, and she came to see it. Oh. I've never been so nervous because you know when you're doing a show backstage, it always goes round who's in the audience if there's That's somebody right. famous. That's right. And the, the word went round. Ginger Rogers is in the audience, and I thought, Ooh. oh my god! I was because we tap danced in the show. It was a big musical. That's right. What was it called? My one and only. That's it. And yeah, it was yeah. all Gershwin music and it was oh, tap yeah. dancing. Yeah. But because she was in the audience, I was so scared. My feet, I said to my co-star, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Tune, I said, I don't think my feet are going to work. I'm going to be, because she'd be looking at my feet. And he said, they, she won't be looking at your feet. <laughs> and then she came backstage afterwards and oh. it was like, and I just think I'm so lucky. You know, I met her, I met Fred Astaire, who, who was my idol. And, and people like Lauren Bacall and, you know, the greats. Saw a little Absolutely. clip, one of those TikTok TikToks, and Lauren McCall oh, is so Humphrey gorgeous. Bogart's out of shot, and they start this jazz number. Lauren McCall in this beautiful suit, yeah, fitted she's... suit, uh, starts doing that. Doop, 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 oh, that's right. Putting yeah. her shoulders up and down, walking towards Humphrey, and then slowly you see Humphrey Bogart. And then just as it's ending, the TikTok ends, uh, Lauren it does a little sexy look at Hump and smile, and he he's doing it all. It's all dead streets for a film, and mm. then but he can't, and he smiles. So their little secret is yeah. exposed to the world I on know. a TikTok. 
magic magical absolutely mar- I, I, you know that's one of the perks of oh. being in the business really when you meet people like that isn't it do, do you want to hear and, uh, when i met one of my big uh, stars at, who was that i didn't know this was going in the, the scotch of saint james oh yeah i've heard it. i never went there but i've heard of it scotch of saint james is one of those you know, 60s nightclub. That's right. And everybody went to it. And in fact, in the Scotch and James, uh, St. James, when you went downstairs over the little dance floor and you looked at the back, there were two tables at the back and one, nobody knew, and nobody ever sat there. And there must, everyone must have wondered, what the hell, why doesn't anybody sit there? Because simple, the t- table on the left was the Beatles table. The table on the right was the Rolling Stones table. And then all wow. the other tables you could sit at, but you weren't allowed to sit at those. Wow. So I was going in, and uh, suddenly one of the poppies, these uh, Liverpool groups, if you want to hear about uh, Bob Dylan, hey, we're doing well on our name dropping, aren't we? <laughs> hey, come on, kid. If you want to hear about... i see if I can up that one. I okay. met Bob Dylan, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I want to hear yours. Mine's uh, very brief. Before I literally mine. Said. Anyway, go on. But this is just going in. Just, we're never going to have time for all never. these things. Never. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the Mac and Twigs show. We'll have to do one called the Mac we, and Twigs yeah, show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Twig Mac. <laughs> and do it longer. And so I'm going in the Scottish Shame Tent, and one of the poppies, these were beautiful uh, kids from Liverpool, three sisters. Called mm-hmm. the poppies, and they were look. They looked Polynesian. They were beautiful ladies, all with their thick Scouse accents, and they were mm-hmm. so gorgeous that that's why one of them, the story appertained Bob Dylan. They were so beautiful, and we knew the poppies. They were just local girls, and they were just lovely, nice girls. And so I'm walking in Scotland, St. Saint One of the poppies is coming out. And sees me, and grabs hold of my arm. And so, like you, I thought to myself, what did she just say? And so, drags me down the staircase of a tartan wall, the Scotch of St. James. Mm-hmm. I pertain Scotch and Scottish, so yep. it's tartan wall. Tartan. And she, and so, I'm sorry, what did you, what did you say? And so, in the end, and so great drags me across the uh, dance floor where what's his name Jimi Hendrix was about to play I thought I'd get that in another one okay it just hit the floor well it just was there I just <laughs> <laughs> so she she drags me across the floor and so what she meant was was there and she goes over to the table where the other two gorgeous poppies are sitting and this bloke, she said, "Ah, right now, come make he's a hacker like you." And this guy stood up, and I, and so he puts his hand up, and I shake hands with Marlon Brando. Wow! <laughs> that's hysterical. I didn't meet him. That's that's a pretty big one. In in his prime. Wow! Was he amazing? I'll tell you the end of the first, but no, I've got to tell you the truth. I was amazed because you know how these people on screen are giants. Mm. He was smaller than me. Really? Marlon Brando was small, which that was a shock. But 
more importantly, what sort of human being was he, Mike? Right. So we get to go in. We get to the back table. Immediately, I go to the Beatles table. Scaffold, come on, lads. There, Zoop Money was there with oh, us. Yeah. Right? Andy Roberts, we were there. It was our table. When the Beatles weren't there, it was my table. Was like, me mates. And so we're sitting there having our proverbial Scotch and Coke, the 60s uh, drink, which I think somebody said Ringo <laughs> invented. Somebody said Ringo invented Scotch and Coke. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. So, oh, okay. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we're drinking our scotch and goes, and it's getting one, two, three, four, five. No, it's getting two, three, and now it's getting very late. Everyone's gone. Just our table. And Marlin and the poppies are still down there. And so we've come to the end of our scotch. And so, excuse me, some more scotch and coke, please. Uh, no, 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 go home. Get home. We're finished here. We're locked up. Go home. Go away. <laughs> and then one of us noticed on Marlon Brando's t- table, there was a bottle of sc- half a bottle of scotch. And so we said to Ronnie, who was Zoot Money's Glasgow wife, we said, Ronnie, can you be, she has Glasgow, hey, she'll ask. So <laughs> Ronnie, can you go and ask Marlon, can we have a bit of his scotch? So she goes down immediately, has a little, you can see him chatting away in Glasgow. And then suddenly comes back with the bottle, half a bottle of scotch. We said, oh, we only want a little bit. No, no, Marlon said he's had enough. So it's ours. Now, that is the sign of a true gentleman. It is, giving you half a bottle of scotch. (laughs) My rest cases. (laughs) Now, I wanted to also ask you, well, now we've stopped name dropping. We haven't started, We had a a few, didn't we? McCartney, that's... That's my name. Yeah, I know, but is is it Irish... Descent. Yeah. On which side are your family, your mum or your dad? Both. It oh, is. both? Yeah, Because you've got that little chart in your book. That's right. But it only goes so far. And I could see your mum's side went to County Donegal, was it? Ca- County Monaghan. Monaghan, that's right. County and Monaghan. Then I, but on your dad's side, I couldn't see. It just said, like, Everton and Liverpool. Yeah. But it didn't go uh, back far enough. Yeah, it doesn't go far enough. In fact, that one that they do on the telly, I did it. It's brilliant. I loved yeah. it. Oh, no, because I love all that stuff. So do I. Mine uh, was I, quite sad, though. My my great-great-grandma, they, they ended up in the workhouse. and I was yeah. hoping they'd find out I was like a princess or something, yeah. but I wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully my lot will be uh, bandits and pirates <laughs> and, uh, you know, gadabouts. Yeah, my yeah, my my mum's side of the story was quite sad, really, because they were so poor. Yeah, you know, there yeah. was nothing in those days. There was nothing to help people. They yeah. they ended right. up in the workhouse. Yeah. I think she had like six children, and she couldn't yeah, feed yeah. them. The, the husband, her husband, had done a runner because he probably couldn't cope, mm. and she ended up in the workhouse. It was really sad. But anyway, but if they asked well, you to do it, thanks for bringing really... us down like that, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for really sort of cheering the ladies for you. You should home. get them to do you because you know maybe maybe you know, you're I, I'd from... like to go back as you say. It only goes back to County Mono, and in fact, I found out I I wanted to go back further, and they told me that you know now you're going to have to go back to County Mono and Castle Blaney, County mm-hmm. Mono, and go to the church. 
you, you did they do that with you? They, you uh, we yeah, we went we went they could only trace yes so far back because yes. then they you know they lose they lose um, that's right and that's what I have to do track. with my lot yeah, yeah. is and it, I am but totally you but you fascinated. say your dad's side was Irish as well because McCartney is an sides. Irish yeah. name isn't it? it well actually the Irish lot in from Castle Blaney County Monaghan uh, uh, they went up to the top of Ireland, top of Northern Ireland, across the Giant's Causeway into yep. Scotland and came okay. down. Uh, <laughs> got another story for you. <laughs> and came, <laughs> came down to Liverpool, which reminded me of a story that uh, I was in a castle somewhere, Estella's uh, wedding, I think you'll find it was, my niece's wedding. And down the lawn was this gentleman, I think he was called Madonna's husband, to tell you the truth, uh, called Guy Ritchie in uh, a kilt and cl clutching a little baby. It was uh, Rocco. Has he, yeah. got, he got a kid called Rocco, who's now a big kid, right? But he's holding his little baby. And he's coming down towards me in this lovely kilt. And I said, hey, I like your dress, Guy. And he says, hey, you careful. I said, listen, don't you, excuse me, don't you worry, son. Uh, my family, my McCartney family, came through Scotland to go to Liverpool. And we have our tartan is the Macintosh plan. He said, he said, oh, all right. He said, my tartan is the Macintosh plan as well, but we're the warrior clan. So he said, be careful. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> Bigger Tough than you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a great book which is going to be in the one after this. I'm going to do one called My McCartney's People. Genesis don't know this yet. <laughs> but so I've got, of, I've got a scoop, have I? One of the pictures, I'll get you and Lee in with your back to me in the Albert Hall. I love Hall. that picture. Uh, that's a, that's I have a, to tell everyone, Mike, Mike took this amazing... I mean, I've been photographed by a few people over the years, but I love that photo you took of us. It's from it's Lee, my husband and I, and it's taken from the back of us, so you don't see our faces, and we've got our arms around each other. It's just a very beautiful Happy, loving shot, isn't it? I love that picture. And I think, Lee, from the photograph of my memory, I see velvet. Yeah, probably. Did he, did he have a black yeah, velvet black jacket? Black velvet jacket. Yeah, he, is, he, is, he is partial to a bit of velvet, darling. Yeah, that's <laughs> You were musical when you were young. When did the photography bug hit? Were you was it kind of a toss up? Oh, I'll be a photographer, or I'll be a musician, or what was the first passion? Or to tell you the truth, because I broke my arm, I couldn't do the banjo and I couldn't mm -hmm. do the drums. And our kid was doing so well on his guitar, and he joined these other lads, and then they became a group called the Beatles. I don't know. Oh, really, I think I think I've heard of those. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, that's good. Well, that's good. That helps. Uh, helps sell the book. <laughs> There's some amazing p pictures in there that I've never seen before, and I've I've known your brother since I was 17, and I've seen lots of it. But these are brilliant because they're unseen photographs. So everyone should go and get this book because it's brilliant. Anyway, go on. Some of them I don't even remember taking. And I just found well, I'm notes. sure you've taken so many. There's no way you'd remember. Millions. No way. And so that's the joy. I come across them every day. I'm just lifting something up and there's a print, there's a neg, there is whatever. 
Uh, are you have magic. you been good and kept them all archived, or are they all in different drawers and different? My, my, you got it in one. You got it on the, the latter. Was <laughs> I have the filing system of? Uh, it doesn't exist. It is. It is not a filing system, Michael. So you find these. You find them occasionally. Yes, Sonny, my because... son, who is a photographer. Sonny is is a photographer. Uh-huh. He uh, berates me. I uh, bet and, he does. And Josh, who's been helping with the scanning of these photographs, uh, both of them said, Dad, you know, for God's sake. And they are now, at long last, being put into a, a filing system. In fact, Ro is going to be, got a table. She makes wonderful dresses, Rowena. And she's got the whole dressing thing open. And she's going to be putting all these negs that I've found into beautiful storage and, and books and things. Because it's a major job, isn't it? It's an I mean, enormous I, I've, job. We're kind of, we've done it semi. We've, when I've got friends though who've done, they've got amazing archives, all in alphabetical order and everything. Oh, Pete, M- mine Peter Blake. Like that. Oh Peter. yeah, lovely Peter. My oh. God, is he meticulous? I know. I once went into his studio. Sorry, <laughs> we're just talking about Peter Blake. Our, our mutual friend. Brilliant, just, brilliant, just brilliant a, artist. Uh, and him and Chrissy, lovely people. We saw them the other day in London. Went to his studio. Have you been to his studio? Of course. Where they've got that uh, thingy from Sergeant Pepper, uh, the boxer. Who was the boxer? Yeah. On yeah. the Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. The first thing you'd do when you go into his studio. That's what you see, see, isn't it? You see that boxer, the real life, life size. But in there, on his table, uh, all these cutouts, Peter Blake sometimes does collages, and they're tiny. Little, he t- he's meticulously cuts these tiny little uh, things, and he gl- puts them all together, etc. But there on his table were all these hundreds of tiny little cutouts on the thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, Pete, I've got to say this. What happens if someone opens the door and and a breeze comes in and blows this bloody lot out the other door. <laughs> he said, oh, I'll pick him up. Pick him up and start again. <laughs> start again. But that's he. But his filing system is immaculate. But I think Chrissy helps him with that, doesn't she? And his daughter, lovely I Rose. Think so. I think so. And Rosie, they yes, help, yeah. Rosie Posey, yes, I think, I think they do. When you, when, when you grew up as kids, you and Paul, were, were you, I know you're close in age, was it, very close, happy kind of times, or were you rivals? You're joking. A year and a half difference. Now here, I'm sitting in uh, Grandma's house, which Abby, my youngest daughter, has come from Australia to Lithuania, got trapped in Lithuania because her husband's Lithuanian, uh, and eventually ended up in England looking for a job. Very talented girl, and so she's got two uh, two grandsons, two of our uh-huh. little again the same age uh, as we were, and of course boys, that's all they do is hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's normal. Only parents that have boys, and boys uh, will know this one so much: the elbow in the back. Oh. <laughs> Remember that one? Well, I, I'm one of three girls, you see, and I was the baby. Uh, you got it easy. And, you know, my, I'm seven years younger than my middle sister wow. and 15 years younger than my elder sister. Wow, that's big. So she was like a second mum, yeah, my, yeah. my elder sister. 
So I, I, I was, I never had that relationship. But I, you know, I've known you and Paul for many, many years. I say since I was seventeen or eighteen. And you, you've always, as grown-up men, seemed very loving and close. I just wondered, as kids, you know, did you kind of have fisty cuffs? <laughs> the normal, ordinary, very ordinary young people, young men, and I suppose you know, after Mum died then everything changed. It's like, that's why we got on so well with John, because his mum had just died. Yeah. So we had this unsaid thing with each other uh, mm-hmm. because we'd lost someone so important to us. Yeah. Uh, and we had this thing with John that uh, I always had a special thing with him. Ne- never said anything, but it was one of those, we understood each other. Yeah. Because you've experienced that deep grief at a, a young age. Yeah, exactly. And as you said right at the beginning of our chat, it never really leaves you. It's never. always within you. Oh, it's always there. You, you, le- you learn to cope with it and you learn to carry on and have your own families. Mm-hmm. But it's always always within you, isn't it? Oh, it's always there. When the whole thing happened with the Beatles, it must have, for all of you, you, your dad, I mean, it must have been so disruptive at those mad, mad years when they were, because it must have affected all of you. Because yeah. I often think that. I mean, I I went through a little bit of that, but not on the scale of the Beatles. But that thing about not being able to go out and, That's you know, right. or people wanting to touch you. And, oh, oh, and it's that, very yeah. weird, isn't it? Well, can you imagine that? And then on top of that, scaffold mania. I say, then you. You know what, what I mean? Did the scaffold happen at the same time or was it you, a bit you, later? You think the Beatles were big? Scaffold were bigger. Enormous talk about touching and the people that used to men, women, children, dogs, everything. <laughs> the odd llama passing at 100 miles an hour, dying to lick me. Unbelievable <laughs> the, the insanity that took but place. But you did have the scaffold, you, the scaffold had some huge hits, didn't they? Enormous. Wasn't Lily, Lily the Pink Lily number the one? Lily the Pink, the Pink, number one. Lily the Pink, the it Pink. Got I, it I in the Guinness it. Book of Records because it was number one. And then it went down. And that, of course, as you know, that's the end of it. Everyone <laughs> had these things called uh, what happens when you give a gift, a gift voucher. Oh, yeah. And, and they all, after Christmas, they all went to the record shop with the gift vouchers and bought Lily the Pink back up onto number one again. It's in the it Guinness. went back again. It's That's the Guinness really... Book of Records. <laughs> well, I think on that that note, it's a. I could go on chatting to you for hours, but obviously your battery's going to run out. <laughs> oh, by the way, Kobe is our mate. He's our producer. I want you all he to is. say hello to Kobe now and his new little baby boy. Okay, yeah. so say hello. Hi, Kobe. Hi, Kobe. Hi, Kobe. Lovely and little, little baby. Milo. What's your baby boy called? He's called Milo. Milo. And he's Love gorgeous. To Milo. <laughs> From us. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and having a cup of tea with me. Thank you and, very um, much. Thank you very, very, very much. I'm dying to get a real copy of it. I'll look forward to oh, that. Oh, wait. You honest. think it'll be November, do you? I, think, I, I don't know why November the 8th is in my head, and it might be we're trying to launch it at Sonny's scale. Sonny has a, a marvellous place next to his brother Max's in Liverpool, uh-huh. in Kempton Street. And his place is called Scale. We're hoping to launch it there. That's why November the 8th. And his brother okay. Max has a tattoo parlor next door. So if you come okay. to the opening, 
you can not only get a book, you can have a, a tattoo. You can have a tattoo. Max's parlour. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's so lovely to see you. And I could I say I could chat forever, but we can't. But um, I shall see you soon. I hope, I hope. so, my darling. We and do. We do me. see each other quite a lot. Give yeah. a big kiss to Ro, your lovely wife. And I'll see you very soon. As we say, as we say in Liverpool, I'll see you through a wet echo. Oh, okay. I've never okay. heard that before. And, and sorry, there's a paper here called the Liverpool Echo. 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 Oh. And so, <laughs> so I only worked it out. I've been saying that to my kids. We say all these family sayings. Uh, put it there if it weighs a ton. In goes your I eye out. I know. My mum my used to say, if you can't fight, wear a big hat. Yes, another one. Where's um, that from? Yeah, oh, no, no. The best one <laughs> is if you're having a fight and your dad's uh, getting fed up with it and, and you're saying, uh, uh, Dad, Dad, why, Dad, 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 why, why, why? And to shut us up, Dad used to say, because there's no hers on a seagull's chest. Now get out of that I think one. on that note, it is goodbye. <laughs> There's a great one to leave everyone listening. Work that one out. Question in the air. Anyway, I love you lots and I'll see you soon. Oh, gosh, I really enjoyed that chat. That was so brilliant. I love Mike so much. He has got stories. I mean, we could have gone on chatting for another two, three hours. He's got stories. Maybe we should serialise the Mike McCartney (laughs) tea with Twiggy because he's got so many amazing stories. Sweet, lovely man. And do get the book when it comes out. He thought it was November, but um, look out for it. Mike McCartney's early Liverpool years. There's some great photos and stories. Anyway, have a lovely week and I'll see you next time. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.